Section 44 of The Wit and Humor of America, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kenna Sargent Gagan. The Colonel's Clothes by Caroline Howard Gilman. Every man has some peculiar taste or preference, and, I think, though Papa dressed with great elegance, he was a decided lover of his old clothes, and his garments, like his friends, became dear to him from their very wear and tear in his service, and they were deposited successfully in his dressing-room, though Mamma thought them quite unfit for him, he averred that he required his old hunting suits for accidents his summer jackets and vests though faded were the coolest in the world and his worm-eaten but warm racolure was admirable for riding about the fields in vain mamma represented the economy of cutting up some for the boys and giving others to the servants he would not have consented nor parted with articles in which he said he felt at home. Often did Mamma remonstrate against the dressing-rooms look like a haberdashery shop. Often did she take down a coat, hold it up to the light, and show him perforations that would have honored New Orleans or Waterloo. Often, while Chloe was flogging the pantaloons, which ungallantly kicked in return, did she declare that it was a sin and a shame for her master to have such things in the house. Still, the anti-cherubic shapes accumulated on the nails and hooks, and were even considered as of sufficient importance to be preserved from the fire at the burning of Roseland. Meanwhile, our little circle about this time was animated by a visitor from a peddler, as soon as he was perceived crossing the lawn with a large basket on his arm and a bundle slung across a stick on his shoulders, a stir of commencement in the house. Mamma assumed an air of importance and responsibility. I felt a pleasurable excitement. Chloe and Flora's eyes twinkled with expectations, while from different quarters the house servants entered standing with eyes and mouth silently open, as the peddler, after depositing his basket and deliberatingly untied his bundle, offered his goods to our inspection. He was a stout man with a dark complexion pitted with the smallpox and spoke in a foreign accent. Huh, I confess that I yielded myself to the pleasure of purchasing some geegaws which I afterward gave to Flora, while Mamma looked on at the glass and the plated ware. Uh, sheep, said the peddler, following her eye and taking up a pair of glass pitchers. Only two dollars, sheep as dirt. If the lady hasn't any old clothes, it is better than money. Mamma took the pitcher in her hand with an inquisitorial air, balanced them, knocked them with her small knuckles. They rang as clear as a bell, then examined the glass, and there was not a flaw in it. 
Chloe went through the same process. They looked significantly at each other, nodded, set the pitcher on the slab, and gave a little appropriatory cough. They are certainly very cheap, said Mamma tentatively. It is for true, my mistress, said Chloe, with solemnity, and more handsomer than Mrs. Whitney's that she got for six dollars at Charleston. Chloe, said Mamma, were not those pantaloons you were shaking today quite shrunk and worn out? Yes, m she said, and they don't fit nohow. Last time the colonel wore those, he seemed quite unrestless. Just step up, said her mistress, and bring them down. But what did you say was the price of these candlesticks, sir? Tish only von dollar. But tish more cheaper than de old clothes. If the lady will get the old clothes, I will put them in the pillow and the bush, and it is more cheaper, too. Chloe and Mamma looked at each other and raised their eyebrows. I will just step up and see those pantaloons, said Mamma in a consulting tone. It would be a mercy to the colonel to clear out some of that rubbish. I'm confident he can never wear the pantaloons again. They are rubbed in the knees and require seating, and he will never wear seated pantaloons. These things are unusually cheap, and the colonel told me lately we were in want of a few little matters of this sort. Thus saying, whispered to me to watch the peddler. She disappeared with Chloe. They soon returned, Chloe bearing a variety of garments, for Mamma had taken the important premier pas. The pantaloons were first produced. Peddler took them in his hand, which, which flew up like an empty scale. To show how light they were, he held them up to the sun, and a half-contemptuous smile crossed his lips. Then, shaking his head, he threw them down beside his basket. A drab overcoat was next inspected, and was also thrown aside with a doubtful expression. Mr. Peddler, said Mamma, in a very soft tone, you must allow me a fair price. These are very excellent articles. Oh, very fair, said he, but this clothes is not very good. This clothes man is not going to give me much for dish, and he laid a waistcoat on the other two articles. Mamma and Chloe had by this time reached the depths of the basket, and, with sympathetic exclamations, arranged several articles on the slab. "'You will let me have these pictures?' said Mamma, with a look of concentrated resolution. "'But they're very nice pair of pantaloons.' The peddler gave a short whistle, expressive of contempt, shook his head, and said, "'Tish not possible. I will give two fishes, and one von brush for the pantaloons and waistcoat. Mamma and Chloe glanced at each other and at me. I was absorbed in my own bargains, and said carelessly that the pictures were perfect beauties. Chloe pushed one picture a little forward. Mamma pushed the other picture on a parallel line, then poised a decanter, and again applied her delicate knuckles to the test. That, too, rang out of the musical and broken sound, so dear to the housewife's ear, and with a pair of plated candlesticks was deposited on the table. The peddler took up the drab overcoat. This clothes give me nothing for this. 
Mamma looked disconcerted. The expression of her face implied the fear that the peddler would not even accept it as a gift. Chloe and she held a whispering consultation. At this moment, Bina came in with little Patsy, who, seeing the articles on the slab, pointed with her dimpled fingers and said her only words, Pretty, pretty. At the same moment, Lafayette and Venus, the two little novices in furniture rubbing, exclaimed, Kai, if the dem things ain't shine too much. Well, these opinions made the turning point in Mama's mind, though coming from such an insignificant source. So, they are pretty, my darling, said Mama to Patsy, and then, turning to the peddler, she asked him what would he give in exchange for the pantaloons, the waistcoat and the coat? The peddler set aside two decanters, one pitcher, the plated candlesticks, and a hearth brush. "'Tis very good bargains to her lady,' said he. Mama gained courage. "'I cannot think of letting you have all these things without something more. You must at least throw in that little tray.' And she looked at a small scarlet one, worth perhaps a quarter of a dollar. Peddler hesitated and held it up so that the morning sun shone on its bright hues. "'I shall not make a bargain without that,' said Mama resolutely. The peddler sighed, and, laying it with the other selected articles, said, "'Tis very great bargains for the lady.' Mama smiled triumphantly, and the peddler, tying up his bundle, slinging his stick, departed with an air of humility. Meanwhile, Papa's voice was soon heard, as usual, before he was seen. Rub down beauty, Mark. Tell him Diggory to call out the hounds. There was a slight embarrassment in Mama's manner when he entered, mingled with the same quality of bravado. He nodded to her, tapped me on the head with his riding whip, gave Patsy a kiss as she stretched out her arms to him, tossed her in the air, and, returning her to her nurse, was passing on. Do stop, Colonel, said Mama, and admire my bargains. See this cut glass plate that we have been wishing for to save our best set? What's this trash, he said, pausing a moment at the table. Blown glass and a washed brass? Who has been fooling you? Colonel, said Mama, how can you? I cannot stop for a minute now, wife, said he. Jones and Ferguson are for a hunt today. They're waiting at Drake's Corner looks like falling weather, and my old drab will come in well today. Oh, Mama looked frightened, and he passed on upstairs. He was one of those gentlemen who keeps a house alive, as the phrase is, whether in merriment or on the contrary, and we were always prepared to search for his hat, or his whip, or his slippers, which he was confident you put in their places, but which by some miracle, were often in opposite directions. Our greatest trial, however, was with Mamma's and his spectacles, for they had four pairs between them, far-sighted and near-sighted. They were indeed optical delusions, for when Papa wanted his, they were hidden behind some pickle jar, and when Mamma had carefully placed hers in her key-basket, they were generally found in one of Papa's various pockets. When a distant object was to be seen, he was sure to mount the nearsighted and cry, Whoosh! And if a splinter was to be taken out, 
nothing could be found but the far-sighted ones and he said something worse sometimes all four pairs were missing and such a scampering ensued we now heard a great outcry upstairs wife chloe cornelia come and find my drab coat we looked at each other in dismay but papa was not a man for delay and we obeyed his summons wife said he beating aside the externals of the man that hung about his dressing-room where is my old drab coat mamma swallowed as if a dry artichoke was in her throat and she said slowly why colonel you know you had not worn that coat for months and as you have another one and the racolure the coat was full of moth holes i exchanged it with the peddler for a cut glass and plate cut devils said papa who liked to soften an oath by combinations it was worth twenty dollars yes more because i felt at home in it i hate to see new coats as i do but colonel interrupted mamma you did not see the scarlet tray and the scarlet nonsense shouted papa i believe if they could women would sell their husbands to those rascally peddlers beauty and the hounds were now pronounced ready i followed papa to the piazza and heard his wrath rolling off as he cantered away End of section 44 The Colonel's Close by Caroline Howard Gilman Recording by Kenneth Sargent Gagan End of the Wit and Humor of America, Volume 2 Edited by Marshall Pickney Wilder